welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's take our seats this morning. And this is our third week of God's House, Our Home. And this part three is called Renovate and build, renovate and build. And I heard Pastor Aston did a great job last week. Awesome. I was at a independent schools board and governance workshop. It sounds riveting, doesn't it? It was very educational and I did really enjoy it. I got a lot out of it. It was, it was actually quite interesting. Anyway, okay, who's renovated before? Who's, who's renovated a house, some unit, a garden? If you haven't, who's watched a renovation show? Yeah, that's it. The Block, who watches Life Channel? You know that Life Channel where they got all those kind of flip and whatever and, you know, I love all those shows, you know, the US. They, you know, we've renovated, you know, over the last four years we've been renovating a, a, an acreage property on the Gold Coast where we're from, which hopefully will sell soon. So, you know, we've, we've done a fair bit of renovation and, you know, often when you have to renovate, you often, you, before you renovate, you generally have to kind of um, pull apart. Like if you're going to renovate your bathroom, you generally have to gut the bathroom, don't you? You've got to get rid of the old to bring in a new. And some of those shows, they might do a little reno, but other ones, you watch them, they buy this old house, and they literally gut the whole inside of the house, don't they? It's like, why don't you just pull the whole house down? They rip everything out of the inside, and sometimes there might be like termites in a little kind of um, patio, and they'll rip the patio off. And So before we renovate, we generally have to sometimes pull things apart. We have to let go of some things. You know, and I can imagine, you know, when, you, when you've been in a house for a long time and, and maybe your kids grew up in that house and, and when Tommy was four, you put the mark on the wall, where, the height of him and then he was 10 and when he was 17 and, and you want to paint the room and, and sometimes we have this sentimental kind of attachment, don't you? We, oh, I can't paint the room because it's got all the marks of where he was and he's 35 now but you can't let go of it. Do you know what I mean? He's 35, I can't paint the room. I really want to paint the room. Sometimes we've got to let go of those things, the things of the past that really had their value and, and we treasure. But to move forward, we sometimes got to do those difficult things, to walk away from some things and, and let them go so that you can have the new. To embrace the new, sometimes we've got to let go of the, the old. And that's, that's not easy. Sometimes that's hard. But if we want the new renovated house and we want the new kitchen, we've got to rip out the old kitchen. It's just the way it is to move forward. And today... I want to put it to you that, that just even in our heart and in our own lives, for us to move forward, sometimes we've got to let go of some of the things of the past. Sometimes we've got to kind of do a, a, a demolition in some of our thinking and in our spirits and, and the way we do things and change our habits. We have to let go of the past to do the new. And today we're going to look in, at a book in the Bible called Second Chronicles. Sounds quite complicated, isn't it? Like the Chronicles of Narnia. And Chronicles simply is a book of history. It's a book of timelines. It's telling us a bit of history of the nation of Israel. And it talks about different kings. We had good kings and a bad king, then a good king. It's kind of like a Cinderella story, isn't it? The evil queen or king came into the being and the whole kingdom kind of falls apart and darkness comes over it. Kind of was a bit like that. And then a good king comes and all the light comes out and it's shining and everybody's cheering. And, and so we've got this story in Second um, Chronicles where there's been some really bad kings, not really good ones. And, and they built idols in, in Jerusalem. They built 
altars to false gods. They, they, they built these altars that, that were to these um, like demon gods where they'd have um, sex kind of pagan um, prostitutes. They would sacrifice their children, little babies and children, to these idols, to these statues. And they were just statues they made with their hands. Men, women made them and put eyes on them and mouths. And they would worship them and talk to them. And, and they... Like, it's kind of crazy when you really think about it, isn't it? Their, their view was this was a God. And these kings had brought these things in. And it wasn't so much just the idols that the kings brought in. It is what they did to the people. The people became debauched. The people became dishonest. There was high crime rate. You couldn't walk the streets and not. You know, it's not such the idols. It's, it's the result of the idols on the society. And so a new king came in, and his name was King Josiah. And he's one of the good kings. And we're going to look at a bit of the story of King Josiah. And uh, my first point today for people taking notes is first seek God. First seek God. And this is what King Josiah did in verse, chapter 34, verse 3. It says, when he was 16 years old, in the eighth year of his reign, he began to search for the God of his ancestor David. David's the guy that slew Goliath. You know the story with the stone and the sling? And he's known as a good king. He was a guy that's known as a person after God's own heart. And so Josiah had to forget the path of his father and the path of his grandfather. And he had to make a decision, am I going to follow something that I haven't been uh, used to? He's used to the ways of his father and his grandfather. He had to make a decision not to be like them. He had to make a decision to, to path, have a different path. And maybe you today are, are, are the first person in your family to be a Christian. Maybe you're not even a Christian right now, and there's no Christians in your family. And maybe you're like King Josiah. You're going to say, I'm not going to follow the path of my father and mother. I'm not going to follow the, far, the path of my ancestors. From this day forward, it's going to be new. My lineage, my heritage is going to be different. My children will live in a different world to me. My grandchildren will have a different environment. I'm going to be the start of something fresh. Prime ministers are going to come from me. Doctors and lawyers are going to come from me. From the, my loins down the generations, when historians look back, they're going to see this catalyst in history. When you made a decision, when you made a decision not to be like your fathers, but to do something new, something different, to let the past go. And this was what Josiah was facing. And he made a decision that he was going to seek after the God of his great, 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 great grandfather, David. He was going to make a decision to seek after God. So the first step is to seek after God first. The Bible says if we seek after him and his righteousness, and all things will be added. If we put him first in our life, first place in our heart, then all the things we crave, finances and position and, and career and food and clothing, he will add them if we put him. See, God needs to be on the top of the ladder. Not second, not third, the top of the ladder. But, you know, we often think we have to come to God. Like, I had a friend when we, we got married, and I made him best man. He was not a Christian, but I made him my best man. And, and he, he said, I want to become a Christian, but I've got to get my life together. I, I, I want to clean this up and fix this up and this. Then I'll become a Christian. It doesn't work that way. He, he didn't understand it. You, you don't come to God when you're perfect. You, you come to him as you are. He, doesn't, he just wants you. He, he doesn't care about the good or the bad. He says, he, he's the expert at cleaning up messes. He says, come to me with your mess. Come with, to me with your imperfection. Come to me with all your faults. Because he loves it. He loves a project. He, you're, you're his renovation rescue. 
He come to me, he says, and watch what I will do with your life. I will make your life splendid and you will look back on the day of your death or you enter heaven and you will look at, oh my goodness, look what he did with me. He can renovate the human heart. It's his passion. It's his expertise. Come to him as you are. Second point, which is called secondly. I like to to do it like that. First point was first seek God. Second one is secondly. Secondly, Demolish those things that are not good for you. Demolish them. Verse 4 says this. He went out personally to watch as the altars of Baal were knocked down, apart. And the next word, I don't even practice it. I don't. Opolix? Opolips? That's it. That's what I said. Above the altars, chopped down, and shameful idols crushed into dust. What did he do? He wanted his nation to be a better place to live. He wanted to be a place great environment for families and, and his society to prosper. He wanted the darkness to leave the land. So he got rid of those things that weren't good. He got rid of those things that were bad. He, 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 he didn't just give it to his people to do. He personally oversaw the destruction and the ripping out of this renovation of the bad things that were in his society of these idols. He, we have to take personal responsibility. We, we, can't, we can go to our psychologists. We can go to counsellors. And I think, yes, we all should be doing things like that and getting help. But at the end of the day, we have to want the help. God can't do something with you. A counsellor can't do something with you if you personally don't take responsibility and that you want to change. Josiah took personal responsibility in the land and oversaw that every one of these idols was ripped out and was pulled down. He wanted his people to be free. His heart was for his people and for his nation. And you know, what idols are in your heart? What, what idols are in my heart? What we are, oh, Pastor Robbie, there's we're no idols in, in the 21st century, but yes, there is. What, is there the idol of money in your life? What, an idol is something that's not, is on top of the run. If God's second on the run, an idol is a thing on the top. So is money at the top? God can have everything, but don't touch my money. He can have everything, but not my money. What else? Is it sport? Is it, is it your career? He can touch everything, but don't touch my career. That's, that's, that's my baby. See, what idols are in your heart? What idols are in your life? Worshipping an idol is, is a false worldview. What, what mindsets and thinking are false? What thinking do you have that is false? You might think, no, I don't have any of these things. Well, firstly, if we seek God and we follow him, then his spirit can show you those things. See, you, we can do a renovate. You know when you do a reno, there's a hundred things you could do. Do you know what I mean? You want to, oh, I'm going to fix this, I'll get this. And you get have a hundred projects going at once. But there's an order to things. When you do this, then that will work that. Then we'll do that. We'll order the stock for that. We'll do the parts for that. Because you could end up having like this downtime where you've got tradesmen hanging around and you're paying wages, but that part wasn't ready. So there's order to, to doing a reno. So God is the expert renovator on your life. And when you ask him, he can show you the things to take on. He can show you those idols in your heart and your mind, those, those ways of thinking. I'm not good enough. No, no, it couldn't happen to me. I'm not good enough. Oh, no, I don't think God will come through for me. No, no, no. I know the Bible says he loves me, but he doesn't love me. Like, he says it, but it's not for me. I know it says he favors people, but he doesn't favor me. Shep, I call it Shep now. I'm a local. Shep. <laughs> hey, mate, Shep. Yep. Nothing can happen to Shep. Oh, would you move from the Gold Coast to Shep? Are you crazy, mate? Like, let's change your thinking. 
Let's change our thinking. What well, you're thinking is, oh, you can't have a, a significant church on, in Shep. You, you, we, we can't have a place that changes our community in Shep. Oh, nothing good happens in Shep. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm changing my mindset. The thing, God can do anything in any city, in any town, anywhere in the world. We've got to change our mindset and our thinking. What, we have to line our mind and our thinking what his, what his word says and what he is saying. He can show us those things that are in our life. You might think, this is the worst thing. I've got to sort this area out. God's like, no, 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 I want you to do this first. This area is where you've got to work on first. Because he knows what's going to happen in three weeks. That area, you could do that in six months. This one, if you don't sort it out, it's going to affect you in three weeks. So he knows those areas to show you that need demolishing. You know, Josiah cleansed God's house next. Pulled the idols down. And then he started to clean the house because his fathers had built, defiled the house of God, the temple of God. The, the place that was the central focus of the community where, that, where the life of knowing the creator came out of the, the community hub. They, they put altars in there that they shouldn't have to, to false gods and they, they desecrated God's house. It was debris. It was a mess. It was like one of those houses that someone hasn't lived in in a long time. And, and he went through the house and they cleansed God's house. They started cleaning up, picking up papers, pigeon whatever. They, you know, all the debris and cobwebs and junk that had accumulated in the house. He started to clean God's house up. He started to repair God's house. He started to restore God's house. See, so the thing to change his city and the people was to start with the house of God to restore the house, because that was where the power, that's where the life of the community came from. And you know, the Bible tells us that your body, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of God's presence. Some of us need to do a, a detox. Maybe you just need to do a physical detox. I had a three-day fast this week. I felt good. I hated it, but it felt good. I fast, but I, I still have coffee. That's, that's my sin. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. <laughs> When I fast without coffee, you know I'm serious about it. Pastor Robbie, he's really serious about this because he's not even having coffee. But have a detox. Maybe you need to do a physical detox for your body. Or maybe you need to do a spiritual detox. Cleanse the temple. Maybe you need a cleansing of the temple of who you are. Prayer and fasting is a great body and soul. Maybe you need to start a new devotional or, or, or reconnect with God in his word or prayer. To a fresh kind of... A spirit kind of awakening, a cleansing of your mind and your spirit. You know, the greatest detox is when you don't know the Christ and you say to, you say to Jesus who, who died upon a cross, who sacrificed his life and rose the third day for the sins of humanity. He died and suffered for the sins of humanity while we were yet sinners, while we were a mess. He died for you. That is the greatest detox to the human soul. The greatest cleansing to the human soul is to accept his forgiveness. Accept him as Lord of your life. That's the ultimate soul cleansing. Third point today is because Josiah had a vision for people, renovating God's house was required. It wasn't the renovation. It was what would be housed in the temple. The restoring of the temple was about human lives, human people. You know, I have a vision. I have a vision for this church. I have a vision for Shepparton. I have a vision that your children will have a kids' church program 
that is great now, but it will be even greater. A place where you can bring your children to kids' church and, 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 and the facilities are, are state-of-the-art and that young families will want to come because they want their kids to, to, to connect and know Christ. I want your children to grow up in a church where they become youth and they become young adults and they get married and they follow God with all their heart. I want a place where you can bring your neighbours to church and, and feel excited and, and, and at ease that it's not going to be weird and crazy. I, I want a place where, where your work colleagues can meet Jesus, where your husband or your wife or your partner can come and meet the creator of the heavens and the earth and transform your marriage. I want a place where the community can come and meet and know the living God. I see that movie Sliding Doors years ago with Gwyneth Paltrow, yes, I even said that right. And you know, in the movie, it's kind of like a moment in time is, is the life that she was on. And you, you see these two kind of lives and there's a moment where something kind of happens. And if she'd been in that moment or got the timing wrong or right, her life would have gone that way. It's like these two lives based on a single moment. And I see people out in society and shepherd and lives and even lives here that there's a moment where you're confronted with the Word of God and perhaps you're here today for the first time. And there's a moment where you can choose which way your life will go. And, and if you could look back, if I didn't accept the Messiah, the Christ, my life would be this. But if you could choose this life that you, you, you have would transform to something completely different. I see human lives that if the house of God is here and it's vibrant, it's full of life and passion and we're bringing our friends and lives are being transformed, how much would that change the city of Shepparton? How much would that change our community? That's the vision I have for marriages to stay together. For children to be in homes where parents understand and seek to be better parents. Where children grow up in a home where they feel loved and cherished. How much would the cycle that exists in our society would be broken and changed? That you come in today, whether you're young or teenager or in your 20s or 30s or you're older, but you have purpose that you have fulfillment, that you are satisfied, that you're fulfilling the things that are in you, the dreams and the goals and the giftings that God has given you. That we would be as a church would change the culture. We would change the atmosphere. We would change the neighborhoods around us. I have seen it where churches grow and flourish. The whole community is transformed. More people move into the area and everything is different that we would have financial literacy programs helping people out there, whether they know God or not, that they can live a better life. Parenting programs to help people. That we would be a positive change agent in Shepparton. We would not wait for a catalyst, that we are the catalyst of change. That we are the bright, bold hope of this city because we are a slight on a hill. We are the house of the living God. The Bible says that we are the chief of the mountains, His house is a house of splendor, that we would be a church and a people and your life would bring great glory to God. They would say of you at your funeral that they brought great glory to the creator of the heavens and the earth, that the forefathers and mothers of this church, they had a dream and a goal 60 years ago that this church would be a church of a thousand plus people. My dream, my goal is that we would be a thousand plus people in this church. That's what I'm throwing out to God. That's what I'm believing for. You want to know what am I believing for? A thousand plus. You're saying, oh, this whole number. No, it's not. Every one of them is a human life. They're connected to a family, a home, a father, a mother. Those thousand people can transform 10,000 people. 
20,000 people. That is the vision. Renovating the house is about human dignity and life. It's about community. It's about environments. It's about people. My next point. Sorry, I got a bit excited there. I'm excited. Okay, I gotta take a breath. I don't have to work out. I've done my workout for the day. While they were rebuilding God's house, my next point, they rediscovered God's word. Mm. They rediscovered God's word. In verse 14, it says, while the money had been given for the temple of God, they basically had to, you know, anything that renovation or whatever we do here, it costs money. It's money. It's, just, it was, it's no different back then than it is now. For the temple of God was being received and dispersed. So as they gave to the house of God to be rebuilt, to be reestablished, to be cleansed, Hilkiah the high priest found a copy of the revelation of Moses. He reported to Shaphan, the secretary, royal secretary, I found the book of God's revelation. God's word, in other words, instructing us in God's way. Found it in the temple. That's a bit weird. Found it in the temple. He found, they found God's word. So while they're about cleansing the temple, getting rid of the idols, people are contributing to, to the renovation. They're cleaning up. They found God's word, this means. They, they, they found God's ways. They'd forgotten that it existed. They'd gone so far from God, they forgot that something so holy and so precious, so valuable even existed. They found it again and, and it was a shock to them. They weren't expecting to find his word. So I put it to you today that as you cleanse the temple of your spirit and as you look at, ask God for what mindsets and thinking and, and idols are in my life and you start on a journey of seeking him first and you become a giver in every area of your life. You're not expecting it, but God's word will come to you a second time. God's word would come to you again. God would speak a fresh revelation, an inspiration into your soul that you, you'd forgotten about from, from when you were a little child or when you were a teenager. That God would come and speak to this church with a fresh word of his revelation. That he'd come visit us another time. God brought himself back to them as they started on a journey. If you would draw near to me, I will draw near to you. You know, they got a major breakthrough. All they were doing was something very practical. These are pretty practical things they were doing. Just very practical things, but they did it in surrender to God. And as they did it in surrender to God... His word appeared. His word appeared. They weren't looking for his word. His word just appeared. Something that was hidden came to light. Something that was in darkness came to light. Something spiritual happened when they were doing something simply out of obedience and practicality. A spiritual encounter happened. They found his word. Because his word brings direction. His word brings blessing. His word brings healing. His word brings breakthrough in our lives. Breakthrough came while they were just doing the everyday things that God was asking of them. My last point today, the result. They flourished on a personal and national level. Verse 19 says, when the king, Josiah, heard what was written in the book, God's revelation, God's ways. He ripped his clothes in dismay. In dismay. He heard the words. He heard the book was found. He started reading it. He heard God's word 
and what God expected. He ripped his clothes. See, when you hear God's word, he expects a response. He, he doesn't want just to hear it and, and walk by. Yeah, that's all good, wonderful. No, he wants a response from you when he brings his word to you. He ripped his clothes because he realized how far off track they were. He realized, hey, my thinking hasn't been right. Hey, I've been saying things that are negative. I, I, I've been gossiping. I've been pulling people. I, I've gone off track. I didn't realize it until I read the word and I saw a mirror of myself in his word. And I realized, oh, my soul, what have I done? He ripped his clothes. As a nation, we are so far off track. We have to fix this. He made personal changes and he made changes in the nation. God is doing a new thing and it requires a response from you and a response from me. Well, there is power in, there is power in, in seeking after him. There is power. I, I just love that picture of them just doing the stuff. They're just, clean, cleaning is, is messy. Renovating is dusty. Blood can be spilled. Sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes we get confused. I don't think this is ever going to work. I've got half a job here and half a job there. But in the middle of the confusion and the stress and the pressure and the sacrifice of the giving on, they found the word. They, I don't think it's coincidental. I think divine providence, they found God's word again. I think God wants to bring a new word to people in this church. As you embark on a, a journey with the temple of your soul, with him, he will bring fresh words to you. He'll bring fresh words to you. He's going to say something new, something new. He's going to say something new. You know, and it's going to shock you. You might rip your clothes off too. It's, it might shock, no, maybe not. Do it in private. It might shock you. What God says to you might be something you're not expecting. Maybe he's going to tell you something that you don't want to hear. Maybe he's going to tell you something that's going to challenge you. Maybe he's going to say something. You're like, no, 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 that can't. No, 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 no. I, it's, oh, I don't want to surprise you. This is what he did there. They, they got a word from God, but they weren't expecting it. They were shocked. They were surprised by it. We're going to do something in a moment after this. So we're probably going to finish slightly early with my message. So if I could get the music guys up, musicians, and I can, as I start to conclude, can I challenge you to firstly seek God? Seek God. Ask him for those areas that where idols are, where there's wrongful thinking, where, things that we need to change. The Bible says that his word renews our mind. What areas do we need to do a detox, a cleaning? What, you know, a great cleaning is, forgive me. Father, forgive me. Another cleansing of his soul is, I forgive them. I forgive her. I forgive my sister. I forgive, I, I haven't talked to her for time. I forgive. Forgiving is a, a detox of your soul. But as you surrender your life to God, and, and as you do those practical things of, of, of prayer and cleansing and giving, and do, just in those everyday practical things, God could bring His Word again. As you're rebuilding your temple, as you're rebuilding your life, as you're rebuilding His house, He can bring a new Word that you're not expecting in a fresh way. If we will listen, and He will challenge us. This is God's house, but it's our home. The house of God is God's house. He resides in His house. But it's our home. The home is the human people element. But He can bring a new word into your life, which you bring breakthrough, that you would flourish. See, 
Israel went through a renaissance, if you know that, a renaissance. They went through a, a transfer. They went from a dark place into a place of joy and life and, and restoration of their country and people's lives and, and, and families. The crime rate would have gone down. All that, you know what I mean? The, the society changed. And it was a, a glorious time in Israel's history through the life of Josiah. You want a glorious next step in your life. If we could stand today, I'm going to pray over you. And this is a holy moment. This is a special moment. This, what, you, I want you to look to God. Just open your heart. Even, even if you're comfortable, just lift your hands out to the side. If, just let your spirit be open. Just look to Him right now. This is not entertainment. This is an, a moment with God. And I'm going to pray over, over us as a church and as over you as individuals. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person here every family, every individual, Lord, every dream and every hope, Father. I pray for breakthroughs. I pray for breakthroughs. I pray that your word would come again to people's lives, to dead souls would come alive because they've heard your voice, Father. I pray that you would speak to each person in this room, Father, that your word would come new to us, Father, and you would do something new, something different. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for breakthrough in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.